Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Gaurav, this week I'm going to talk about uh, that I can get mad enough to remove things from my continue watching list. Ooh. And I think we take a quick peek at the brightest political timeline that we may have missed. And we welcome the new voice actors of Rick and Morty to the Voice Actors Guild. Enjoy the show. Ooh, you did it this time. Can you confirm that? It's filmed in front of a live studio audience. No, because I remember, like, I can break my Halloween trick-or-treating years into, like, three different phases, where it's, like, phase one was kind of the lame one, because, like, you're still with your parents most of the time. Uh, phase two is, like, that, oh, my God, this got out of hand, because it's, like, you're just old enough to go trick-or-treating by yourself, but you're still young enough to, like, be scared of the older kids kind of thing. Okay. But you've got the energy to go all night. Uh, and then And then phase three is that, like, you probably shouldn't be out there. You're, you know what I mean? Like, it's uh, teetering on the idea of, like, you're actually kind of just out to be out of the house. Um, you could be reading a book at home. Like, I mean, it's like that. Zero to, s- zero to, like, 11 is not fun. Like, it's fun, but, like, you got, like, chaperones and shit. And then, like, 11 through 13, 14 is, like, your prime, like, we can get bags and bags, pillowcases full of this stuff, because nobody's going to tell us when to go home. Right, like it's just all that, and then thirteen onwards is all that stuff of like, how many years can I do this before it's uh, weird? I can tell just, you, right? I can tell you that thirteen was my last year. <clears throat> I was five ten already, so I was a big kid, and I wore sunglasses and like a cowboy hat, and I said I was Van Morrison. <laughs> okay, <laughs> my yep. friend that went with me just carried around a screwdriver and people like they were like save it for the kids boys and like slam their door on them. <laughs> oh, okay is that how you wanted it <laughs> oh i don't think it was how i wanted it c plus production proudly presents can you confirm that starring gorov wander and john brown Everybody, welcome to another episode. Can you confirm that? We're happy you're here. Wherever you're listening right now, this is episode 163. You made me repeat it twice last week. Go back and go back and hear it. Did I? Oh, so this time, <laughs> okay. Let me make a mental note and, and a paper note that you've said the number one. Yeah. Six, three. That's good. I, in the edit, I was like, that motherfucker made me repeat it twice. <laughs> I, I gaslit you in the edit, huh? <laughs> so, everyone, it's really great to have you here. I'm here, like I said, with my buddy, the G-Man himself. Uh, that's you, yeah. <laughs> that's me. That's him. Yeah. Did you hear me say that's me? Because I had the mic muted. No, I didn't. Yeah, I heard you. You, you saw the, you saw this? Or you heard me. Okay. There's um, only so many words that I can uh, lip read. But uh, when someone points at their chest and goes, that's me, it's pretty obvious. I just wanted to make sure from a technical perspective. All right. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so we're actually filming today on Halloween. Did you end up going and getting your discount handy yet? I know you like to do that. 
I know it's a tough one. I uh, I attempted to make the run for it for sure. Okay, but the only issue I found is uh, listen, Halloween candy availability on the late thirty first, like as in like kids are trick or treating and now you're going to the grocery store, right? Or or the day after. Mm-hmm. Um, if that is an economic indicator of how the economy is doing, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, I think we've turned the corner. I think things might be looking rosy because it seems like nobody wanted to leave any fucking candy for me. So <laughs> everybody, everybody hoarded away, got their deal in. Uh, I was expecting there to be plenty more. Like, I don't know. It's hit and miss, eh? Like some years you can show up and it's like, you're like, nobody bought anything this year. It's like November 3rd and you're like racking up stuff or what happened to me today, which is, uh, nothing there. There was nothing, nothing but coffee crisps and Smarties. And I'm like, what were you looking for? Like, are you a candy guy? Do you like the sour things? Do you want those little caramel chews? Are you looking for like a box of mixed chocolate bars? I don't know. Yeah, what else is that would be it. The mixed yeah. chocolate bar. I mean, like, there's so many things that uh, are so. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, just the variety, right? Like, mm. let me ask you: when when you were eight, nine, ten, mm-hmm. y- you know, uh, you snagged a little loony. Uh, off the counter in the kitchen and you found yourself at the Seven Eleven on the corner, right? You bought yourself a chocolate bar, but, but as children, you had, had that opportunity all the time. So you tried them all and, and you kind of figured out which ones you liked yeah. uh, as an adult. Yes. I don't find myself often in chocolate candy bar tasting situations, right? Like yeah. it's, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much this ones I'm used to or what's around me or right. whatever. So it's not like I get to, exposed to like can you believe what they've done to the inside of a mars bar right it's like yeah when we get older and i mean this is coming from a place of a guy who just told you he was a full-grown man when he was 13 um when we get older we don't have the the like um we're not encouraged to take a chance on a new flavor of candy bar anymore. Like right. we have our, we have like our standard go-tos and it's like, fuck, I'm not going to risk trying this exactly. thing. I'm exactly. not going to eat so, another chocolate bar for like four months. <laughs> you get yourself a mixed box. You try a little bit of everything. And before you know, it, you're like, you know, uh, the cookies and cream, not for me, but surprisingly, yeah. I kind of like this little crunch thing. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's how you know, um, how you taste them. It's like, we get yeah. flights of beer, but we don't get. <laughs> and, and it's just certain things are seasonal, right? Like you're not going to want eggnog in April, mm-hmm. right? And I, I, I never want Tootsie Rolls ever. But in December, you can find me maybe like, okay, I'm not going to lie. Halloween is when my childhood comes back to me, right? Like oh. I, all my, it, it's when I'm, it's That's when I sweet. grab. <laughs> It's when I grab like four or five Tootsie Rolls out of my kids' Halloween things because I'm like, they're not going to eat them. We're fucking paying for their braces and they go to the dentist and shit. There's no reason they should be eating Tootsie Rolls. But what (laughs) can their daddy do? Their daddy can take four or five of them and mash them into a ball, put them in his mouth and pretend like he's chewing the tobacco in the old (laughs) West. (laughs) You give give daddy them them Tootsie Rolls, son. Right. You create a big Tootsie Roll ball. You put it in your cheek. You just let that little <laughs> chocolate water pool in the bottom of your mouth, and you just ah, 
spit it out into a spittoon like it's some fucking tobacco. <laughs> yeah, man, it's perfect. Exactly. <laughs> so that's that's what Halloween is to me is taking that and some Popeye sticks, putting them in my mouth and pretending like I'm like. It's I mean, like I did this. I did this when I was a kid, right? Like that's the idea of like I understand the imagery of like why the joke of like Popeyes like candy sticks were so wrong because <laughs> they very much were marketed as like here's a little mini cigarette pack for you, buddy. Yeah, now okay. they've changed it, right? Like now, now the packaging is a little bit different. Uh, it's very mm-hmm. less obvious that that's what it's supposed to be. But and now it's an all white stick. Uh, and when we were children, it was an all white stick with a little pink at the end, like that little cherry. Uh, you know, like I don't think it worked. I mean, I, I've never smoked a cigarette a day in my life, and and as we're all remembering, I was a full grown thirteen year old, so I had a lot of of those cigarette sticks, and it, I don't think it influenced me. It, it was cool. Do you know which what I liked? Do you remember the um, the bubble gum sticks that came in that like striped colored paper that like, yeah. it, like the first you could like blow out smoke for the first like bite because they had like a powdered sugar on them or whatever. There you go. Uh, yeah. I don't remember the name. So it's like either the hubble bubble or the double bubble or the whatever, whatever. Yeah. I have no idea who made it. I, I don't even know where they came from. I just remember having, yeah. having those sometimes I used to get them from the guy who drove around in the van. Oh, that guy. Oh, he, yeah. he was the guy who used to, I mean, all of his candies came with like little comics in them. Remember? Do you remember that one? All of his, that, uh, all of his candy came with a free trip to his living room with, for me. I don't, I don't know. It was like, he used yeah. to like take me in his car and show me around town. My goodness, John, the sensitivity in you. Uh, have you worked through that yet, by the way? Or is it I still? Shouldn't, I shouldn't make is, the joke. Is it still raw? Not as raw <laughs> as it was. That never mind. Oh, okay. I'll make the joke. All yeah. right. No. Uh, <laughs> it does geez. hurt. Never mind. Yeah, but like, listen. You're not you're like. There are certain things. So, like, Halloween is fun for the candies that come around for that one yeah. point because you're not. You no, know, you look for cream better. eggs around Easter, right? Mm-hmm. You want a cream egg around Easter. You want your your weird little Halloween candy. Now my thing is this though. Um, it's like Starbucks. Right, but but there's been this um homogenization of Halloween candy over the years, right? Where when we were kids, and I will say even when we were young adults and we would see our younger cousins or 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 uh as we got older, we'd see our nieces and nephews bring home candy, you could kind of see this trend go from like Getting the chocolate bar was cool. It used to be the luxury because you'd get saddled with fucking rockets and lollipops and caramels and bubble gum and all of this. And now go inspect any kid's bag tomorrow. And I tell you, they're going to be like 80% mini chocolate bars. And you're going to have like five, maybe 10% of like that other stuff where when when I was a child or as I was getting older, I like even there was a time when it was easier to hand it out to like, I remember when I was handing out candy on uh, like at my parents' place and like kids would come by, I'd be like, all right, chocolate bar, lollipop and like whatever this other thing was. So like you got three things in your bag, run off. Right. But there was like, like you got one of each, blah, blah, blah. 
And then at a certain point in time, it became like, you know what? Knock on the door. Here's a little chocolate bar. Here's a little chocolate bar. You're not getting three pieces. You're getting two, but they're both chocolate, man. You just upgraded. Enjoy your fucking day. And now that's where it is. So all these... So when I see my kids' candy come home and I'm like, all that stuff, and you start sorting it out, the sorting out process is not fun anymore. <laughs> yeah. Because it's all just chocolate and you've got like four Tootsie Rolls yeah. and like two lollipops. And you're kind of just like, well, who were those people? What were they doing? What, what the hell? Yeah, but you know, another thing that's changed since our day, as we like to yeah, call it. We're old. We're old. Um, Let's go. Let's embrace the ability to be creative with what you're giving children is a little bit like um, more risque. Like you can't like you can't yeah. make your own bag of mixed goodies anymore because people right. are gonna be like, "Whoa, where'd you get that shit?" Like that's yep. weird. Yep. So you can't do the yeah. You get mixed nuts. You get uh, pennies. You remember getting pennies in bags? I used to get no. pennies in bags from. When I was in Hamilton growing up, and I mean, this was like four fucking years in a row, I remember. In uh, 1927. <laughs> and it was, the year was, right? Um, but I remember, man. I don't know if it was the same house that I was hitting up four years I in a row. full shillings. <laughs> or what it was. But you would go to this place, and maybe they were still handing out candy. I don't want to say they weren't, right? Like maybe you were getting like a candy or something and this. But I know I would come home, and there'd be like little... Like picture like those little clear bags that have those little bows tied around it to make it look pretty. Uh, and it's small, but there was like 25 pennies in them. That's it. And, and I got that four years in a row, I remember. But they that's just had one of those big like unique jugs at the bottom of their stairs that they put yeah. like, all their pennies in. And every like once a year, they just fill them out like like. Funnel it all out to you kids. <laughs> Not going to lie, though. Uh, very, very useful in the way that, like, I was the kid who never took his UNICEF box with him. Right? Like, like the school would be like, please take your UNICEF box. I'm like, fuck that. You think I'm going to distract them with money when I want my candy? Um, so at least I would have 25 cents at the end of the night that I got to put into my little UNICEF box to take back to school the next day. Good, good. Well, maybe tomorrow you'll find uh, a box somewhere candy that'll suit yeah. your needs go to the box no the box bar Maybe. Do that. Yeah. no it's fine i'll i will uh scour through and see what what shows up and then what comes but it, it's the fun stuff right that's the stuff that i'm now hunting for is like you know how rare it is to see rockets like yeah yeah, yeah. i fucking hated those as a kid but i'll <laughs> eat one or two now but it's now like you I, want one right yeah. This is like, hey, man, one aspirin for me and one rocket for me, right? Like, that, that's, I'm tab culture. Like, if the Popeyes got me used to smokes, then I'm sure the rockets got me used to having to take, like, heart medication and stuff. Oh, you know totally. what I mean? Like, it's just what it is. Totally. Totally. <laughs> um, I, uh... And if you were an aggressive like child, you crushed it up and fucking put it up. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it's a hot take, but I, I do like candy corn. What's candy corn made out of? Is it is molasses? Is that what candy corn is made Pure out of? Pure fucking hell. It's made out of. It has no value. It is the worst. You don't um, like it. See, I told you. I'm in the uh Yeah. It's minority it's, here. No, there there you know what? There's a strong candy corn is for the people contingent and you are part of it, right? There <laughs> it's like the Hawaiian uh you know, like the the pineapple on pizza crowd. I like it, it. or 
or the eggnog crowd, right? Like uh, I am to eggnog at Christmas as you are to candy corn at Halloween. We we have a right to exist during our times and our seasons, um, but I'm allowed to hate candy corn and you're allowed to hate eggnog, right? Like it's just what it is, right? I like them all. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh i don't know candy corn was never fun uh i liked other marshmallowy things at halloween i get it is it marshmallowy it. to you it's it's like a sticky in between what you'd call fudge and marshmallow kind of thing isn't it like to uh, me that it's like it's not fudge and it's not a marshmallow but if those two things got together and had a hybrid of something it would kind of be this thing Get, and it would I be tasteless, and it would be kind of like gross, and Doesn't, clearly made by white people for white people. All right, <laughs> it, it's not uh, like spongy or soft to me. Uh, yeah, it, it's made from sugar and fondant and corn syrup and vanilla and marshmallow cream. So I guess you're right. All right, like that. That just sounds like hard cake. <laughs> right, it's just like a cake that was left out. Like it, it, and that's kind of what it tastes like. It's cool, oh, stale, like it. stale cake. I like you know what I, mean? like, I like it. <laughs> you know what right. I don't like? I last week, in between our last two episodes, I've watched, I watched, or I started to watch, maybe one of the worst movies I've seen recently. And I used to, you know, I, and I like Tom Hardy, but I tried to watch the new, the Venom sequel. It showed up on. Um, Netflix just recently okay. let there be carnage and it was honestly the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen I think I got 10 minutes in like just 10 minutes and was like whoa I cannot handle this movie it's so ridiculous and stupid the way like Venom talks to him and like how they have a like a conversation and they're like goofy dorky buddies like it really bothered me but that's the I whole thing. Did you not see the first one? <laughs> like, yeah, but they weren't like this. They weren't like chat, like hammy. They weren't so yeah, hammy. It was right, like yeah. MCU humor in this movie. And I hated it so much that I turned it off right away. And then I even like took the effort of going into my continue watching section of Netflix. Okay. Removed it from continue watching. Have you ever hated something? I wanted to ask you, have you ever hated something so much that you were like, don't even tell me to watch this again? <laughs> Oof, not that I can remember, but I'm sure there are things that I've abandoned quickly. Um, I know I've removed things from my... Yeah. But it's never, like but never with anger, right? <laughs> never, never with the way that you approached it of like Dude, this banishment. Uh, really I don't, good. I don't like relegate or banish the title to like artistic hell. What I, I, I merely just go down and say, um, <laughs> not for me or, or something along the lines of like, uh, looks like that's not the right one. Um, but usually, and I guess this would come back to what my therapist would tell you, but I would say it's this, uh, I, I, I want to take the blame to myself, so I generally will say something along the line. See, this is where you're so much more evolved, John, and yeah. so much more in touch and get it. You own the emotion. You understand that you had nothing to do with that movie. The movie makers fucked up, whereas yeah. I internalize it, and I say something along the lines of like, well, I made the wrong choice. I, I had the opportunity to look at the title and both read the description, and I should have made a better judgment call. So, 
Um, I, I commend you. To commend me, you. Well, thank you. That's really sweet of you to say. But to me, I'm actually trying to play the algorithm a bit, right? right. I, want, I want it to know, not for me. And but I then, want it to get really. You got to give it the thumbs down. Yeah, dude. Exactly. Okay. You got to do it all. You got to, like, make sure it knows don't recommend this title. <laughs> You know what would be hilarious if you could block things on on the streaming titles the way you can people on social media, <laughs> right? You're just like, not only did I want to thumbs down it and remove it, I don't even if yeah. I if I search for the word Venom on this platform, I don't. I want you to have a big do not enter over this poster of like no, yeah. So that I have to go into another screen where it's like, do you want to remove this from your never show me it ever list? It's like, yes, now I will, like, you'd have to go through some hoops, which means you'd have to be quite convinced by somebody else, right? Like, something would have to happen in your life, John, like, Heidi Klum would need to show up at the door and be like, listen, um, I've got a movie here, Um, my car broke down in the parking lot, I need to see this before my X Factor Toronto taping tonight, because one of the people in this movie is going to, can I please borrow your, your player, and you're like, ah, I'd love to let you watch this movie here, Heidi Klum, but I've got to do work in my apartment right now. Like I got work to do and I, I can't just like leave and let you use it. Like I got to be on a call. She's like, well, I'll, I'll put it on, but like you don't. And then uh, you have to be there and watching it. Like I think in that situation, maybe, right? Well, yeah, but I, like again, you uh, underestimate what kind of a grump I am. So, I, you know, someone like Heidi Klum, I'd be like, well, Heidi Klum from the hotel, just like four minutes up the road, just rented a room and add on, you know? Yeah, I guess. But maybe no she problem. wanted some nice, like, home no cooking. No problem for Heidi Klum. I, she can, like, she has the means to do it for sure. No problem at all. Maybe it's not Heidi Klum. Maybe it's like a, a um, like someone who's been hired for like a Heidi Klum lookalike contest. Oh, yeah, definitely. Then she's not getting in. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> not even the real clue. Okay. Yeah, not even <laughs> not even Clume herself. <laughs> not even Clume herself could get in here with Venom. Let there be carnage. I yeah. tell you. Okay, that's. I just wanted to know the level. Like, you know, um, I I don't know if I hated it. I think I've watched it at some point. Oh, you gonna, did? Yeah, I think I've seen one of these Venom movies. Yeah, like the not, first one I saw, it was okay. No, I think I avoided that one for a long time. I think the second one may have like crept up on me somewhere. Maybe it was. Girl. Sure. Yeah. I think you remember Woody. He had no, like but a I, terrible red curly wig in it. Like a terrible looking I wig. I feel like it. Um, perhaps I saw part one or something. Or per, I don't, I don't know. I've seen enough of it to be like, oh, I get what they're doing with it. Right, um, I don't think you've watched this. Yeah, I think you'd hate. No, it. I've seen some some of Venom. I don't. I think it might have even been the second one. But again, I I it never mattered to me. Like I was never like a fan. This and that Jared Leto one, where he's like a Mobius with Morbius or Morbius because he's Mobius Mo- with the R. Morbin um, time. Yeah, remember? Yeah, <laughs> Morbin time. Yeah. I don't. I don't put a lot of stock into any of those things right now. But it's hey. Tom Hardy, um, kind of like Sting, right? <laughs> how, how so? 
I mean, listen, don't always love all the movies he does, but respect that he does them. Okay. Love that he's out there doing it. Uh, <laughs> fuck, Tom Hardy. Man, oh, no. that it was so brutal. Okay. Are, are you guys out there listening? And uh, do you, have you seen this movie? Am I way off? Is it ridiculous? Someone let me know if it's just me, if I was just in the wrong headspace. It was like I was about to go to bed and I thought, oh, I'm not really that tired. Let me try this movie. I got a real question for you. Yeah. Is Tom Hardy as talented as 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 talent as as talented as he thinks he is? Um, which is to say, do you think he's as talented as his attitude and behaviors demand? Uh, which is to also kind of say. Do you think he's uh, uh, um, such a good actor that he uh, uh, is allowed to be such a dick? Like, has he earned it, is what I'm getting at, right? Like, there are certain actors who get away with being difficult to work with, causing issues on set, right? Like, yeah, but his talent is, like, immeasurable, right? Like, we all know what you get if you just play the bail game, which is to say, he's not going to, like, make you cry, He's not going to, like, be rude to you. He might just not be friendly or, like, fully available. Like, he might not be there to have a beer with you. So, like, I think you do that for Christian Bale. Ever since that one uh, great you did make cry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that... that... So, (laughs) let's come back to that. I'm going to bookmark that one right now. But the... Because the idea is, like, Tom Hardy, though... Is known to like like Charlize Theron has like come out and pretty much been like, listen, has she said the Sting equivalent? You know what I mean? Like, we have the guy's talent, uh, but like hate him, right? Like hate the guy, won't work with him again, kind of thing. I think I've like I like Tom Hardy in like two things. I think I liked him in uh, Inception with that with that like kind of suave British accent guy. I liked that role, but he was like a total side character. He didn't have much in it, so he was just kind of in and like thin, and then like gone. And Bronson, I think he was pretty cool in. Okay, but um, like Bane <clears throat> in The Dark Knight Rises, meh. Um, what else has he been in? <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Then, like he he he's fine, right? But he's not someone where I would be like. You, we we allow the the idea of like people don't feel comfortable around you. You're a little intimidating. You can be mean or off putting. Like I mean, like it's like I don't know if you're good enough to have earned that. He's a heartthrob, isn't he? Isn't that one of the things about him? Kind of, I guess. Right, because it's like okay, Christian Bale can get away with yelling at a grip because it's like okay, maybe it's just that. It seems like it wasn't a pattern of behavior as much as it was like they caught him on a bad day kind of thing. <laughs> and then it's also like, okay, he doesn't seem to have that all the time, which is right. fine. But then you allow it because, like, again, you allow Tom Cruise having an outburst on like a Mission Impossible set about like, put your fucking mask on or I'm going to fire you and all that stuff. Right. And we allow it because, and, and because it's we love Tom so much that we, we're like, see, if you don't respect Tom's rules, you, you shouldn't be there in the first place. You're just lucky to even be working on Tom's set. 
right? Like it's because we left off, so we're gonna justify. Do you remember? It. Do you remember like the what Tom actually said though? He was actually compelling and like yelling at that guy like a dad yells at a kid, where he's like, "I'm looking out for everyone's safety and this yep. and that, and this is costing money, and you're the reason that people are could get hurt and." We could yep. lose money and we're trying to make a good movie. And like everything he was saying, even though he was like going crazy, was like, yep. we all totally were like agreed with him and he was in the right. <laughs> <laughs> right? I know. It's amazing. Uh, so, so I, I think um, Tom Hardy needs to have like a little bit more, like, you know what I mean? Like you'd let Russell Crowe get away with like Tom Hardy's behavior with a gladiator, but you wouldn't let him get away with it at like Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's like there's also where you are in your career and like, are you that powerful and all that? But like to get like so one of the best things I've, I'd seen on the Internet recently was a comment about Tom Cruise. Uh, okay. And I have it here for you. And I, I like I will show you how I screenshotted it so I can read it out. So anytime, anytime Tom Cruise comes up, I will come up with. Uh, OK, so this was three months ago on our on one of our favorite platforms, uh, the YouTube uh, it was a comment by Caleb Manning Four. So Caleb with a K, if you're listening, uh, one great comment you left here, which was simply put, "I fucking love Tom Cruise. He is somehow simultaneously a complete psycho and the world's most well-adjusted and stable person." <laughs> Think about that one for a second, though. Is that not like the most exact? Like that's the most apt understanding of Tom Cruise. This guy <laughs> is a complete psycho, yet also the most well-adjusted and stable person. Because you have him in an interview or something, and you're like, "Here's an example of how how great this stable, complete psycho can be." It was like, "Hey, Tom, Scarlett Johansson says she wants to be in a movie with you. What do you think?" Uh, I think that's great. I, you know, she's. One of the most talented, most versatile, hardest working, charismatic actresses out there. I'd love to do. And the reason that works so well is because it's like he's stable and well adjusted because he's never like, he's not like, she's so hot. I'd love to. Like he didn't, you know what I mean? Like he won't, he won't go there. He's not like that. Yet he'll also jump out of fucking airplanes, jump on couches on Oprah, like, there's some weirdness to the way that this guy's balance of like, you seem like you can trust him at all times. Even when he says, let's jump off this bridge together, bro. You know what I mean? It's like, how, how does one person have that in them where it's like the person who's going to tell you to jump off the, like, you know, like if your friends are all jumped off a bridge with you. Well, maybe if my friend is Tom Cruise, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Right? He's, got the power. <laughs> He's got the power of Elrond. <laughs> he does. Maybe there's something to it. Like I don't know. It's 2023, and we look around, and it's like all these people that we had put up in nice positions of like being like, "Hey, man, isn't it crazy how people in, in power should be like well educated and stable, uh, like totally with it? Uh, all their wits would be them, right, and all that stuff." And then it's like, um, the more and more you see it, like some of the best athletes in the world are the dumbest. Um, and like, it's just a strange dichotomy kind of that we live in a world where Tom Cruise actually kind of is the closest thing to a living Jesus where it's like, how does he, how does he walk on water? Like, how does he do the things he does at his age? Look the way he looks, 
if he's not like living off the souls of like Thetan, like where does a Thetan come from? Like maybe maybe NASA should be looking into some of this stuff too. <laughs> like, yeah, to something to this Thetan power, right? Like maybe that. Here's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> uh, this is it. <laughs> Okay, we got well, a giant ass telescope out I there. I can host the rest of the show. <laughs> we're looking at we're looking at all the stars. We're looking at everything in space. Um, we're finding weird things every day. Uh, is it so impossible that like something that Elrond put in his book? Like, how embarrassing would it be for NASA if they had to be like, guys? I think we found a Thetan. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, fourteen hundred light years away. I'm pretty sure this fucking telescope's got a thing. It looks yeah. exactly like the one that was in Elrond's book, right? Like, it's just. <laughs> like, what if it turns out to be like he had another thing that the government won't tell us about? Right. Well, it's one of those things where they used to say, like, um, back in the day or in ancient times, like uh, a fool is always like you know is will be right once if he if he spouts a thousand things a day. Like it just by chance, right? Like there's, a, there's one of those things where it's like, it's, I'm waiting for the accidental discovery, right? Like where the thing is, it's like, holy shit, Lucas was right. Midichlorians. Like, <laughs> there's midichlorians actually in our cells. Who would have guessed? Yeah. Right. Or you get to like, what if there is a Jedi power out there, but it's like, we that's, don't know how to figure that's it out. That's what a midichlorian is, man. Maybe I'm <laughs> getting a little too uh, Lucas for you. Well, I, I mean, listen, I just Qui Gon Jinn easier. Qui Gon Jinn sent Anakin, young Anakin Skywalker's midichlorians, and that's why he knew he would be the one. The prophecy. We should be doing midichlorian testing <laughs> <laughs> on everyone, yeah. <laughs> like at all times. Yeah, some scientists out there. I mean, they can find lots of things, right? Cigarettes are healthy. <laughs> I'm sure they could find midichlorians. Just like an at-home midichlorian testing kit. I bet you we could. I bet you we could find someone to make it, and I bet you we could sell it for like ninety-nine bucks a pop on Amazon. Um, and and ninety, I would say maybe seventy-five percent of the people who would buy the thing would not know that it's a Star Wars reference as much as they just like. I heard we got to look for midichlorians. So yeah, it'd be the same audience who watches like uh, the Sasquatch shows and. Um, Oak Island shows and stuff. They'd also be like, "Oh, we got to check for midichlorians now." You you watch those shows, John? Yeah, I know. I'd be that audience. Okay, okay good. <laughs> I would check for midichlorians. <laughs> You'd be the smart guy in the room. Would be like, "Nah, I saw it on a Star Wars. That ain't a thing." <laughs> <laughs> I would still do it. I'd still do it. Yeah, it's like Ancestry.ca or whatever, right? The people who still do those things, knowing how much of that stuff is like. Every oh, week there's a new story of like, hey, cyber guys stole all your DNA. Or wait, like, can you say that again? Ancestry? Oh my god, are you Ancestry? Oh, shit, I've been going to the wrong site. <laughs> oh no. That's a different kind of family tree one. Shit. <laughs> that one's uh it's I think the guys who run Tinder run that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, actually, that's that's the best SNL digital short commercial right there, right? From the <laughs> great minds who brought you Tinder and the folks behind Ancestry.com comes the best new dating app for the South. <laughs> Ancestry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Uh, and instead of like finding little leaves to build your family tree, it's like little bottles of moonshine. <laughs> you only build the tree by like actually getting with the people. So you actually like it's kind of like you got to scratch the leaf to like reveal your next partner, kind of thing. You you build an elaborate fishing rod. <laughs> Goodness. Oh man. Uh, I I don't know if you've been following politics lately in America, John, but I'm going to, I'm going to catch you up to speed on what is the, uh, the dysfunction of the world, right? We know what the deal is down there. They got a president who's democratic. I think a Senate that's controlled by the Republicans by like one seat Congress, uh, which is controlled by the Republicans. So you would think when like you control so much of like the government, you'd be pretty happy as the Republicans, but they're not because Within their little army of 250 or so people, they got like 20 that are like really crazy. And those really crazy ones, uh, those really crazy ones made a deal with like the guy who wanted to be Speaker of the House. And never before in history had a deal like this been made where the Speaker of the House was going to allow essentially like some powers within the clauses to have himself removed if ever the day came that they didn't want him. So uh, when you negotiate with a handful of people, uh, and you give them the power to remove you at any given time if they don't like you, you've kind of like not a good negotiator because you've given them the tool to get rid of you immediately. So this happened, right? Kevin McCarthy becomes speaker, gets removed. Uh, and then now the soap opera begins of there's no speaker of the house and you're kind of can't do anything until there's a blah, 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 all this stuff. Long story short, they've been trying to get four or five, six people in. Uh, and it's becoming an embarrassing thing about how, like, you guys are in charge and you can't pick your own speaker. Yeah. Like, the you are the majority here and you can't get all of you guys on the same page here. Anyways, they picked a dude. Yeah. Uh, they did uh, Mike Johnson. And, and I don't know if Mike Johnson. <laughs> that sounds uh, like, like a made up name. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm trying to get. Like, I don't know um, um, if Mike Johnson will necessarily um, <laughs> stay. Mike Johnson is big in the South. Mike Johnson is real big in the South. <laughs> yeah. It, it, he got sworn in on October 25th, John. That's all I mean, right? It's been six days. Mike Johnson um, doesn't like the cold. No. Uh, <laughs> and, and Mike Johnson apparently he has like there's stuff there's enough stuff there like if you want to google it folks have fun just go with that in snl they did a good enough job on it about i would say this if saturday night live can roast the speaker of the house and and the speaker of the house has only been the speaker of the house for like less than a week at this point uh and and the snl research assistants and fact checkers can get like good dirt on a person quicker than the actual news media can like we've got problems, right? Like people aren't doing their homework, but it's funny. It's happened on Saturday. <laughs> no, but didn't this happen last year as well where they had to like close down government because they didn't have someone like, when was that? What am I thinking of? Sometimes it's a budget issue. Sometimes it's a this, sometimes it's a that. I would say that at this point when you've got the Republicans and the Democrats alone doing things, um they're like there's just right like they shut down for the debt ceiling sometimes they'll shut down for um 
that's generally most more often than not. But like not having a speaker just means that things aren't getting done. You have to like go through all these weird committees, all this stuff. Long story short, John, I think I'm kind of done with America and I think I'm ready for it to just die. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, like 250 years, that's not a bad run. Like that's a pretty good run for a country. Right. Most countries don't get that kind of run. Let's be real. Um, sure. Like, you know what I mean? Like we think of countries and certain, but if you really look at Ger- like we think of Germany as something that's been around forever and ever, but it hasn't. Like Bavaria was, right? Germanic and Germania were, but like Germany, I don't know. When the hell did they unify East and West Germany? And clearly East and West Germany were different before that too. Um, they were all once, right? Like, so to think that this country has made it 250 years is just America. That is kind of cool, right? Like America. Right? Most of the current world has been like reshaped like since World War II anyways, or World War One, right? Like Turkey. Turkey wasn't a thing until like 1915. So they're, right. they're only 108 years old in the grand scheme of the world, right? India. You think of India and you think of like ancient, like weird, like mythical creatures and all this stuff. And uh, India's like, what, weird. 70, like 75, 70 something years old, right? Like it's only from 1947, right? Like, um, it's a weird kind of thing to think that this this democracy of America and its current systems, shapes, and forms, it's creaky, man. It's 250 fucking years old. It's right. like, you know what I mean? Like, it's taken on water. Uh, like, their things are old. And perhaps it's time to think of... I think we kind of forget because it seems like it's a new, like, oh, yes, pilgrims, blah, blah. And, like, you compare it to, like, the histories of the world and you're like, oh, there were emperors in Japan. from Yeah, but, like, Japan redid their system, right? Right. right. Like, it's not the feudal colonial systems of 250 years ago. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it might be a time to just look in the mirror if you're America and say... Is our democratic system perhaps so old that that's why only old people know how to, like, apparently run it and, like, run for president? Like, you can't have a 30-year-old run as president because, well, one, I guess it's not allowed. Like, I don't, like, 35, this weird arbitrary age is kind of strange, too, but, like, it's fine. Um, So you get, like, a 35-year-old who comes in. Like, I don't think the stress of the job ages them as much as, like, they have to dress the part, right? Like, that's why Obama went from looking young to old and Clinton goes from looking young to old. Um, Because you have to just look old because the whole thing is so oldy feeling. It's 250 years old. They haven't updated, like, things, how to do things, procedures, rules. The only thing they got rid of was, like, wigs recently, and they just now got rid of, like, the dress code in the Senate so that, like, you can kind of wear jeans some days to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 250 years old, this fucking government, and you're just now doing, like, casual Fridays in the government? Come on. Well, I want to see I was, my senators in track pants. What I was thinking of is, like, I just looked it up. In January of this year, remember, they had the same thing with McCarthy? Where they voted six times, like six, there were six votes, and they couldn't elect him. 
Right, when they couldn't elect him. And now then, yeah. he got, then he got elected, and then they removed him. And here we are almost in January again. So they still can't. They're still all divided within their own party. <laughs> it's yeah, it's fine. They need to divide the whole, all the parties up. They need to just. You have more than one, two, right? I don't know how you do it, like, but they need. I mean, I have some ideas on how you do it. I mean, if you can pick an American Idol, you guys can pick a new democratic system, right? Like, it's not <laughs> hard to have AT and T just help you out, but. Uh, like there needs to be a talk around what it is because it's obviously not working anymore, right? Yeah. Like if it's if it's built to a way where you can't have like some young up and coming uh, man or woman on like riding the train through the country waving and like meeting the people because like that's not a way. Like Kim Kardashian is who you'd have to be now. Right, like if Kim Kardashian seriously wanted to be president, I bet you she could be within four years, because she's got the reach on all of her platforms. She's young enough. She's got that whole like I've done business, I've done law, whatever. Right, like and look at me, I can sell underwear. Right, like uh, I have got the like that's the package they're probably looking for. All right, and like or Chris Evans maybe, like you know what I mean? Like it's like when Ronald Reagan was like an actor who wanted to become a president, it was fine. It was kind of a lark. But now it's almost like you'd have to be like a former A-lister. Get it? Like Reagan never got off of like TV or out of like shitty film. He was a B-list actor at best. It would be like it'd been like the equivalent of us having um, Jason Schwartzman step up and be like, "I'm gonna be president." And we're like, "Okay, yeah, fuck." It's like we're gonna, right? We're not gonna miss you on screen, right? You like, hear it's that? Fine. <laughs> you hear that, Jason Schwartzman? We're coming for you, buddy. <laughs> How but bitch? <laughs> I don't think we would allow it. Like, if Jason Schwartzman was to step up now and be like, I want to be president, I'd be like, bitch, what do you think? You ain't The Rock. You ain't Oprah. You know who we looking at right now for president? You was not even close, Schwartzman. You ain't even close. I like, like him. I heard like, Huckabees. <laughs> yeah, great. But we we don't want that. We want Matthew McConaughey. Right? <laughs> Right, like, like you know what I mean? Like we're we're at a point in in this timeline, the darkest timeline that we are in. Yeah, that we have clearly like not steered away from post COVID. We're like we're just really barreling down the gun of like let's pick the senile old man in the White House again, Biden, who doesn't like who four years ago didn't want to be there and now doesn't seem to know where he is half the time. <laughs> and then why don't we have him go up against the crazy man who should be in jail in nine different states? But apparently we'll let him be president while we figure that out. And Donald, right? Like, if those are your options, here we go. We deserve this. Then obviously Matthew McConaughey as governor of fucking California or, or Texas sounds amazing. Or, or, or The Rock as president. Oh, my goodness. If he could fix the Fast franchise, imagine what he'll do to America. Right? I'd like, want to see his birth certificate, though. I don't know where right? he was born. Oh, <laughs> uh, not Hawaii, was it? No, I don't know where the fuck he's born. He's but Samoan, like, right? He is American Samoan. Yeah, uh, but he would have born born. I guarantee he was born somewhere in like Washington State or some shit, right? Because like his dad was wrestling, right? So, yeah. Um, but so that's the idea, though. Like, where here we are. Like, our options are apparently either two nearing ninety years old men. <laughs> Who the only reason they're going to be there is because I guess they understand why this 250 year old thing is still around, uh, or, or we need some franchise Viagra 
and we got to get the rock in here and make this jumanji the third level right and like take it let's go right it's it's there's no there's no mushy middle of people who are like i will take it on myself to like do a selfless act uh of where i like want to fix the system from the inside out because if you're not gonna if you're not getting likes and or glory then you're probably not gonna want to be doing it anymore and like that that sucks right because like it used to be one of those things where it's like the people in government were the guys who showed up to your thanksgiving dinner and you're like man why is uncle davy always so fucking cranky and it's like you didn't know what he did but he like worked at like the agriculture ministry of something something and he was responsible for making sure that the cows didn't fart too much so that the ozone guys at the environment ministry wouldn't like shit on him and we all just let those guys be and we're like, yeah, they, they're cool. But now there are none of them because, like, they need to make TikToks so that they can keep getting money to save the cows from farting too much. It's it's weird. It's a weird you know, time to be alive. I'm so glad you brought up that we're in the darkest timeline. Because when I think about, like, you know, we couldn't – we could have had a woman president who wasn't senile, wasn't crazy. He was a little – abrasive and not that likable so we couldn't do it we'd like look at what we have now because we couldn't pick an unlikable female like that's how shitty we are right that's that's how shitty people are that is so good that is a perfect perfect like sort of summation of you know like i guess it was like maybe after harambe died things just haven't felt right but It, it's almost like it. Like it's like, had the gorilla lived, Hillary would have become president, probably, right? <laughs> like, and it's one of those things where it's like, what happened? What, I think where starts, did the branch happen? You know, it, it's. I think the branch is Al Gore, but I always think it's Al Gore. But yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, nine eleven was a heck of a time, right? Because uh, Al Gore is the truest timeline, I think. <laughs> You know what? That's probably right because Al Gore is probably uh, oof. That's a tough one. I, I think I could. I love revisionist like history stuff, like uh, like like the man in the high castle or like hunters on like I mean, like I love that stuff. But but Al Gore makes it so that the sea levels don't rise. Yeah. Um, we get started on clean energy. We get started on clean energy. Before the but the, of the oil companies still don't like that because it was a little too early for that, probably. So still I tell you, 9-11 probably still happens <laughs> because Saudis, oils, don't fuck with the oil. You know what I mean? Like all this stuff. You fuck with the oil, we fuck with you. Um, Do you think Gore can be bought the same, though, as Bush would have been? Bush wasn't really bought as much as like forced into a deal. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, I don't think Bush was bought. Bush, Bush had interests in oil as well. So to him, it would have been like Bush, I think got like Tony Soprano is what I'm going to say. Right. Like, uh, Bush was the guy who was running the bakery and the, you know, just like the new guy showed up in Jersey, wanted to open a bakery and a deli and opened it. And then all of a sudden big pussy walked in and was like, Hey, you know, you're going to need protection in the neighborhood. And and you're like George Bush, the deli owner, who's like, I don't need protection. I mean, like, it's the deli, man. We're good. It's me, America, the deli. Uh, we got all the power we need. And, like, it's like, so 
Saudi Arabia is like, no, 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 you don't know. Like the supply, you need the the, the pizza sauce has got to keep coming on time. The cheese is going to be here on time. The only way to make sure it's all on time is if you make sure we get money on time. And all of a sudden, if when not, your dad owned oh, this deli, he used to push back those uh, expiry dates. There you and go. No one needs to know that. No one needs to know. That's a Your dad cut. was the deli owner. <laughs> That's a deep cut. Um, so I think under Al Gore's timeline, you still have that issue. Mm. But but maybe, just maybe, John, uh, I don't think we'd end up in Iraq. Because that's not a Gore issue. That's not a 9-11 issue. I mean, like, I think Al Gore would have kept his, his eyes on the prize of let's take care of the terrorism. Let's take care of the Al-Qaeda Let's figure out how we can make sure that like Saudi Arabia doesn't fund this shit and how make sure that like, you know, all, but like, I don't want to get too whatever conspiracy theory with you right now, so, but we're already kind of jumping in. All I'm saying Yeesh. in, in the Al Gore timeline, the towers don't fall. <laughs> I'm going to say in the Al Gore timeline, that Spider-Man trailer comes out. <laughs> they fall differently. Okay. How's that? How's how is the the answer? They will fall differently in the Alan Moore time. They would they not miss the towers right. and they hit the Pentagon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The the the. Eesh. That's a tough one. I'm going to go ahead and say like hard hitting questions here on can you confirm that? Well, what's your take? My take is that they would have had to have been. Because my thing is, you had a you had a structural issue where it was going to bow down and stuff, and you have to make a, a call at a certain point where you know it's been long enough that those buildings and the people in it, if you're in it, you're dead anyways. Like if you haven't gone out by a certain point, you're not going to make it out anyways. What's going to be worse is that if you have the the buildings do a topple or a tip over or a bend at or a crease over you are now going to like, those are not small buildings, right? Like in the sense of that, like they they take out an entire block with them. if They come down a certain way. Okay. So you might have to do the, you might have to do the calculus in your head of like, what's the collateral damage if they go this way, this way, this way, versus if we just get in there right now and strap up what we can to bring them down a way that we hope they can come. I don't think that they could have fallen in a direction other than straight down unless they get hit hard enough to fall over in a direction because the weight would bring it down more so than over in any direction at that point. So I think what I, I would, yeah. Thing. One time I, would, I feel like I watched some sort of video. I, it might've been a conspiracy video. Fuck guys. This is not the topic of the episode. <laughs> um, but I we think can bring I it back to physics. Through. I'll we'll bring it back to physics. Don't worry. Yeah, I just want to like I think this video I watched had a lot of details about how when they designed the towers, they said they're going to be pretty high up. Let's make sure they can't get hit by a plane or something. And they designed them to be able to withstand and not topple over. I watched a video like that. But who knows what kind of video it was or where I was at when I watched it. <laughs> what uh, we're talking about yeah, here is the timeline, yeah, yeah. guys. We're talking about the darkest timeline. Or, no, we're talking about the truest timeline, right? The what truest. else could have happened? If, if Al Gore won, we would have got on to clean energy, 
right right in like 2001. Yeah, I think we would have just been ahead of the curve. Monorails and shit by by now, like all over the place. No, I don't even know that. I'm just saying Green like there'd be No, see, you're giving them way too much fucking credit. Right? <laughs> like we just we just spent some time talking about how like the rock is probably president next, right? Like these are not people who were ever really built to make monorails that fast. They're uh, they're built to sell them town to town, right? But they're not built to like maintain or run them, right? Like that's the that's the weird part about it. Um I think you wouldn't have all that. You'd have hopefully um less coal plants like you got to remember like half of america is still struggling with the idea that like places like wyoming are passing laws making it so that like if 14 year olds want to work at the coal plants as like a co-op they can right? right like that's that's a weird that's a weird way to say progress when like you know china right now has like outpaced the world in solar panels and has made it so that solar panels are the cheapest thing in the world in china but nowhere else i mean like I think we'd be there in the Al Gore timeline. It'd be like we like every condo building getting put up would probably have a solar fucking panel array on the top. Right. There'd be malls with windmills on the top and shit. Gaurav, in your you're disappointing me as an optimist because your brightest timeline doesn't shine as bright as mine does. Well, your timeline um, is like science fiction, and I'm still trying to base it somewhat in like the laws and rules of the like land. Every good choice was made until we're in like you know, fact, living like the Jetsons. But you got to remember, there was not like a lot of good choices or bad. Like the amount of bad choices that have been made in like the last 22 years, the idea of like no choice would have been better, right? Like, the Supreme Court didn't have to make a decision on abortion, but they decided in 2022 to do something like that. They didn't have to. No choice would have been the right choice. Just, like, shut the fuck up and don't say anything. But they they made the choice. Why? No one knows what's going on anymore. I think think things can move quick if if everyone is motivated. Like, do you know... Aliens. uh, Aliens, John, I'm telling you. (laughs) Do you know that, like, when Ford... Um, started the 40 hour work week people were working like 60 to 100 hours a week before right like basically six days a week everyone just worked and then like friday or the sunday off for church and ford started the 40 hour work week because he tested and saw that people were most productive working 40 hours but he That's also a bit of a myth but i'm gonna give it to you because it's it's commonly regarded as the truth yeah. So you like it's not wrong. But there was more about it like with automation he expected like everyone expected the work week to even get smaller than that cuz as people got more efficient with their roles we wouldn't have to work as long to to get the same amount of things completed and they thought that that would shorten the work week like even like when yeah. they and I brought up the sparked my memory because I thought about the Jetsons. Like, like if you look at where we were in the seventies when the Jetsons were made, I guess. Um, is that right? Hannah Barbera yeah. made the Jetsons in yeah, the seventies. That would have been sixty seventies. Sounds about right. Like the thinking was that a future, an advanced future, like George Jetson worked like three hours a week. You know, like we'd all be living like it was like a so well, I don't know. 
what what kind of like philosophy was there but like well, he had a robot made you know what i mean like a lot of good things yeah. were happening for him jetson was doing all right that's why i think and he wasn't my... particularly good at his job either if you remember yeah. right it's not like he was like an svp who was really good at his job he was like a fucking mid-level yeah. nothing yeah. he was like not really good at his job yeah. so in my, that's why when i think of what could have happened in my truest al gore timeline I, i'm thinking like if we make all the the right choices, yes. we could be more in euphoria than you think as the optimist. That's where I'm that's what I'm No, I, I like it. I'm with you. You're you're the guy who's saying, you know what, AI and automation could be the good thing for us. Yeah. Um and I don't disagree. My whole thing here's my issue with this, right? I love the idea of like AI helping people out, making it easier for you to automate stuff. And I, I'm also not a big like automation's gonna blah blah blah. Like progress is good. You need technology. You need advancement. You need that stuff because for every Ford assemblyman you lost um, off of the Model T line as they went with robotics and stuff, you gained like a robotic engineer or tradesman or tool and die maker on the fact. Like you know what I mean? Like there's still somebody else to maintain it. Like even with AI, there's gonna have to be someone there. Is it going to be one for one? Maybe not, right? Like you lose four people, you might have to hire two, right? Like this different specializations, all that stuff. Yeah. But the problem with the whole scenario is there like, is this sort of pre- presupposition that goes into place of like that production is a max value, right? So the idea of like, okay, if, if it's zero to a hundred on production, and Henry Ford can figure out, hey, if I take less people, do this, this, and this, we're going to hit that zero. Like, we'll hit the 100 out of 100. It's not a finite, like, it's not a stat, like, it, the number's not static, it's dynamic. So, like, as soon as you're, like, you've proved yourself to be fully efficient, fully productive to 100 out of 100, somebody's going to come along and be like, okay, well, can you do 101? And you'd be like, well, no, I mean, like, 100's the metric, 100's the max. Yeah, but we can get like a little bit past that can't we so then it's like the the mark for what is productive gets higher and higher the more and more productive you get so it's never like you be it's never like you you increase your productivity to a point where you're like look at me i'm way more productive than i could possibly be because no because now that you're more productive you've just shown that you can be more productive so be more productive it's like this weird cyclic like endless cycle of like Good. Now do more. it's like profit chasing, right? Like why why is this a share a company share like so volatile? Because it's like every three months they have to have had made more money than they made in that same period three months last year. Yeah. So how is that sustainable, right? Like, come on. Yeah. Allow a guy a bad three quarters or three months. Or Are you a Rick and Morty fan, Gora? Uh you would think I am. <laughs> but I'm I I listen. I'm not a Rick and Morty hater. I'm a Rick and Morty. If they're on the channel, I'll watch them. But I'm not a Rick and Morty seeker. I don't yeah. seek them out. I don't seek them out. I like them. I like that show. I'm a fan of the show. Yeah. Um, a new season just came out, which is um interesting for Rick and Morty fans. Do you know why that would be an interesting? Like, I know you're into Dan Harmon, so you probably know. Uh, yeah, I know a, a bit, bit of what's going on there. I'm I'm hip to the jive. Um, yeah, I've seen the memes. I've, okay. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I know what's up. 
So co-creator Justin Roiland um, is no longer with the show. He had some um, things in the news. <laughs> Such politeness. Uh, that were dropped. Charges charges against him that were dropped. But yep. enough, that clear. enough was spread about him that he's no longer involved with a lot of the pro- a lot of the programs that he used to be involved with a lot of them of which i enjoyed <laughs> but um what are you going to do about that i guess eh i think you give it time and you quietly find your way back like uh, you know what i mean like this is um i think royland kind of got himself in trouble only because he was so vociferously like i did nothing wrong Right. And and there's a weird part of like when somebody's like, I didn't do anything wrong. Get the fuck off my back. And the way they say it comes across as like, oh, that guy totally did some wrong shit. <laughs> right. And and even when they're vindicated later and it turns out like, well, actually, it turns out it was a misunderstanding. A lot of things, you know, it, you know it, maybe there was blah, 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 blah. blah. Um, it's the way because uh, the example I can give you is like. Or why I'm telling you Royland will find his way back is. If James Gunn can go from being like publicly fired by Disney and then come back to Disney and then find himself running Warner Brothers DC, like there's a path back. And the reason is because James Gunn's approach was different, right? James Gunn's approach was very much like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to own it. I think I did some stuff wrong here. I don't know. I mean, I guess from your perspective, I can see how it's all wrong, but like, I'm going to tell you, I was young and dumb and. I didn't mean any harm, but that was enough to get you fired. Made you have to go like sit in the corner. He worked his way out of the corner and into a bigger, brighter, shining spotlight. And Royland should, if like, he, I don't think he will. To be honest, now that I think about it, because Royland feels like me in one of those things where it's like, even in vindication, he hasn't learned how to be humble, right? And like I'm, I get the personality trait of like, now that you've been proven right, you've got even less of a reason to be nice to people. Right? Well, did you know that Justin Roiland wasn't happy with Dan Harmon or Rick and Morty since like 2019? I guess they had a falling think, out, yeah. so yeah. he wasn't even he wouldn't even like show up. I guess he would just kind of go in go into the booth and record his audio. I guess he, one of the things he was upset with was that uh, Royland, I mean, Dan Harmon brought in like community writers and stuff like that to help with the, with the show and Royland didn't like that. So I don't even think he wants to, I think he was happy to be out of it. Although he had started other things. I mean like Hollywood though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean like come back to Hollywood. Yeah. But Unlike Solar Opposites, which Roiland was a part of as well, and they've replaced with different actors, um, Rick and Mort, uh, they don't sound the same, and they're just like, this is the new actor, deal with it. In Rick and Morty, they hired two unknown voice actors to replicate the characters that Justin Roiland had voiced to sound the same, you know, replicate as, like, Morty and Rick. Right. I remember that paperwork coming through the desks of the uh, Voice Actors Guild recently, actually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, voice actors, so important. 
Join um, the guild. Join and the guild. I watched the first two episodes, and I don't know if it's because it's just on my mind and I'm trying wanting to hear comparison or difference or what, but I felt like Morty was Morty felt like the same to me, but Rick just didn't feel like he had the same amount of energy. I may be totally way off and he maybe sounds exactly the same. And it's just me wanting to hear something different. Who no, talk- you're not wrong. No, no, you're not wrong because that's the actor and voice actor, right? Yeah, it, yeah. It's very easy to do the impersonation, right? Like you, it's very easy to be like, Hey, I need somebody who can sound like Bart Simpson and you can get John Brown and John Brown can sound like Bart Simpson and do the tone in the voice. The sound, yeah, and you can and you can give John Brown a sentence, and you can be like, "Now read this sentence as Bart Simpson," and you can read it, but you're not the actor, right? Like you're not Nancy Cartwright, who can bring it, like what it needs, you're right? Or right, like it, it's so that's the th- the unfortunate part. I I've always been curious as to like, listen, man, it's cartoon. If you need to change the voice actor for a reason, it's a cartoon. Like, you've got the full fourth, like, use the first five seconds of the show to be like, ah, he hit me in my voice box. Oh, my God, my voice has changed. My voice has changed forever. Right? Like, and it's like, you can get away with that. It's a fucking cartoon. did that on Polar Opposites. Yeah, totally. (laughs) But Rick and Morty were, I guess, so iconic or whatever. I'm a big fan of it, like I said. But um, I sent you a link. I'd love it if you, like, listened to it and gave me your, uh, it's a, Side-by-side comparison, give me your thoughts and tell me if you think that um, it's just, yeah, just the performance isn't as captivating, slightly less captivating. Is that what you're hearing when you hear these voices? Okay, so let me hit the play button, uh, and I will be back with you in a minute 15. Not a very long clip. No, I'm done it. Okay, so, yeah, you can tell there's a difference there. Um think so too then it, it and yeah i think you nailed it kind of energy there's a different yeah. energy there's a different pacing almost not, yeah yeah that's right yeah um not enough to throw like for me out of it because i don't I haven't seen but you know what i i could see uh, this would be like somebody being like hey um unfortunately like Trey Parker has come down with laryngitis and is not going to be doing the voices this year. And we got another guy who can do Kenny and all of right. Like hmm. it wouldn't feel right. Soul would it be missing, right? The soul is missing. Can I give you my take? I have a take here on this. Sure. I think one of the, one of the biggest differences, and maybe we'll see like the show will be less popular is that Royland was a co-creator and a writer on the show so he had more of an influence of what Rick or, or Morty or some of the other characters they did on that show would say. And he had this weird chaotic energy where he would like kind of stumble around some of the words when he would give his line. Yeah. So he would like stutter and, and stumble and search for words and terms as he would do the performances. And those were all caught in the booth, right? That's how Rick and Morty were. And now... I feel I have like a, a suspicion that the new voice actors are going to read lines that are written by great writers like Rick and Morty, but they won't have that same like in, in uh, improvised type of feel 
that made Ricky, Rick and Morty more believable when Roland did it. That's where I think we're going to see a difference. I think this is, I think you're 100% correct. Yeah. And I think you're just going through what would be probably called like, like a repiloting again. Mm-hmm. And like Harmon's been here before, right? He had to do it with Community Season 5 where he like kicked off the show, comes back, has to retool it on the fly. Um, Harmon's not exactly the easiest dude to work with, right? Like, that, that's that been well known. He has had his demons. He's battled. Um, I don't know if he's... I think this is one of those things where it's like, you know, like, how, how day-to-day is Matt Groen, Groening like, actually in The Simpsons right now? <laughs> right? Like, does he really need to show up ever? Or does that thing just run itself? Right? Like, like a Lauren Michaels, we know he shows up on the Saturday nights, and we know he does his thing during the week. But he's not putting in the time and in the hours like he did in 1977, right? right? Like it, the things have changed, and I bet you Harmon is kind of pretty hands off, and I bet you Rick and Morty's going to that thing where that's this could have been a thing where if like Harmon and Royland were doing it the way that they were doing it when they started it, it might end. It would have ended maybe at season eight, but now the way that the structure and this and everything is set up around it, I bet you it never ends. I bet you it gets to like season 20, right? Like, yeah. um, there is that like moment of like, not everybody's Matt and Trey and not everything at South Park where you can get 30 seasons out of something with those guys hands on there every day. Mm-hmm. They don't do much else, right? And when they do do something else, South Park suffers. South Park doesn't get 20 episodes. They get maybe seven or eight because these guys are off like writing a Mormon thing. Yeah. Or, yeah, where you know what I mean, like it, it's it doesn't it doesn't get passed off to anyone. It's not like, hey guys, we got to go do like a movie with blah blah blah. So uh, the next ten episodes of South Park writers' room, you handle it, right? Voice actors, I downloaded you got the, pan- this, right? the Pandaverse uh, today. Actually, I'm going to watch it this week. There you go, right? Like, so they're doing their thing. I bet you, Rick and Morty's go. There's too many goddamn T-shirts to sell with Rick and Morty. There's too much merchandise around that show now. It, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like my kids know who Rick and Morty are. Um, and, and it's okay. That means you've entered Simpsons Family Guy territory where whether or not the co like you've entered Bob's Burger territory where it's <laughs> like whether, whether the creators and the original people want to stick around or not, they're still going to get rich because this show's not going anywhere anytime soon. You know what I mean? Like, and that's kind of what it is. So you you'll have to figure out whether it's still for you or not by watching the rest of the season. And hopefully it's something. I mean, like it, it's it's like me and the Simpsons, man. I still tell people, go back. You you missed out on some really good years, right? Like you, you know what I mean. Like you see the memes now, and people will be season like, what season nine or whatever? Right? Yeah. No, no. I'm telling you newer stuff. I'm telling you, oh. there's too many. There's too many of us who are like the Simpsons haven't been funny since season thirteen or. Or only the first nine years are good, or all. But what I'm saying is, like, you run across memes, you run across all these jokes, you run across these things, and people will be like, "What episode is this from?" And you can tell the divide because there's a it's like The Simpsons is kind of like Saturday Night Live or wrestling. You were really into it once, and you may or may not still be. That's it, right? It's one of those things. Like, there are still people out there who can tell you, "Well, no, that's from season 24, episode 12." There are some who can tell you where the substance reference comes from. So still watching. Yeah. Yeah. They're still watching and they will tell you if you, if you feel so inclined and you feel like catching up, they'll be like, listen, season 26, 
these are the four best episodes. And yeah. it just gives you a taste. If you if you feel so inclined, if you're paying the Disney plus bucks anyways, check it out. What's what's the harm in, in seeing what's what they're still doing, right? Like You're right, my friend. I have to remember that not everybody gives up on everything. Like some people keep watching the leaps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, deep. That Hello. sucks. Oh, jeez. Ah. Sports joke from John Brown, folks. There we but go. But it's true. People keep <laughs> watching things. Not me, but some people just keep watching. The Simpsons is great, and they yeah. keep watching that great thing. Why right. stop? Right, right. Like, the, somebody has to be the expert on it who wrote the book, right? Like, so like, the idea is, like, you can ask it's the same crowd you get all the time. We're like, oh, SNL? SNL hasn't been funny since Sandler. Oh, SNL? SNL hasn't been funny since Carvey. SNL? And and invariably what I can point, like, as soon as somebody tells me that SNL hasn't been funny since X. Since Fallon. No, no, no. But who? So fine. <laughs> Perfect. You know why? That tell I can date when you were in high school from that. No matter what your aunt, like, no matter who you tell me, right? Like, if somebody's like, oh, hasn't been funny since blah that automatically tells me okay that's when you were in college yeah because generally that's when people fall off the snl train right it's a kind of this thing of like okay now i've aged out and ever since then it's not for me i tune in from time to time if there's a guest or someone or something like something viral right but it's not you're not the historian you're not the snl historian it's like wrestling hasn't been good since hulk hogan Hulk Hogan, like, like he was, he's wrestling. Well, it's like, okay, cool, man. You felt that's when you were that age, right? There was, a, and then you became too old for it or too whatever. So that's why you don't know who The Rock is or something, right? Like it, it all makes sense. Out. What do you think that is with SNL? I think my my theory is that it's I because uh, it's your high school, man. It's your high school or college of like why? That's though, why we love why Sandler. It, why right? do you like love it in high school and follow out of it in college? Is what I was thinking. My thought is that yeah. when you're in high school, when you're like a kid, it's like cool and badass to stay up late enough, night enough for SNL. And then when you're a teenager, you're like, yeah, that's what I'm doing Saturday night. What the hell else would I do? And then when you're in your like mid to late 20s, you're like, oh, I'm going to go out on Saturday night. And then yeah. when you're like married in your 30s and stuff, you're like, I used to watch SNL, I guess. And then you start going to bed before midnight when you're in your 40s. So yeah, right. I, I think that's why. <laughs> like, and like, if a it's your thing, right? Yeah. yeah, you nailed. Like, it's a cycle of it's like the circle of life, whatever you want to yeah. call it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like, um, oh my little Simba. Right. It, it it is what it is that way. But if you're like a comedy head, or if you're something, or whatever, um, technology makes it easier. So that like, I mean, like Saturday Night Live gets to survive because of the way technology has thrived. To be honest, right. In in the early seventies and eighties, it thrives because it's one of few options, right? One of few options at that time of night, right? Yeah. There's what else are you going to watch at a fucking eleven thirty? There's seven channels, bro, right? Yeah. Like, and six of them are playing reruns of like old <laughs> movies. Like, what are you going to watch? Keep so, channels turned off, right? Right? Yeah, exactly. They would <laughs> exactly. They'd be like, "We'll see you in the morning. Have a good night." <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> that's so funny because that's true. Yeah. Um, and so so that's one of it. And then high school, sure. It's also part of it is like it's subversive for you, right? Like it's adult humor. Mm-hmm. It's stuff that's on late at night. Uh, it's accessible to you, but it makes you feel like you're, listening, you're hearing like the old people make jokes, right? 
Uh, it's not some kid making jokes for you. It's not knock knock jokes and all this stuff, right? Like, so it's new. Um, by the time yeah, college, all that stuff, you kind of are waning, but you're still in because like you're up, mm-hmm. you're drinking, you're out, you're you're maybe home, like, but you're you're still up, so you're watching. And then as you get older, either you're really about it or you're not. And now the benefit of it, like, why does a show like that get to fifty? Because you have to adapt, right? So like. Saturday Night Live benefits from TiVo culture, right? Like the first time a TiVo came out and you had like a PVR and a DVR, like all of a sudden Saturday Night Live became Sunday morning breakfast. Yeah. Right. Something you could forward through real quick, watch the good sketches, get over the commercials, watch the musical guests if you wanted to or not. You stuck around for Weekend Update. You definitely wanted to see Weekend Update with your Sunday coffee. And then you were done with it and like you're off to the fucking farmer's market. So, like, it survived because of that. And then it survives because of YouTube and viral clips and TikTok and shit like that. It stays that. relevant. It stays yeah. relevant, too, because it's always, like, it's always with the young kids who are the hippest, right? I don't know how it's going to happen for everything else, but I would imagine it's caught up with the arts. It'll catch up with the humanities at a certain point where it's going to be, like, winning a Nobel Prize in literature is, like, a nothing. It's a nothing burger. It's, like, I don't even want to show up for that. Because there's probably going to be some sort of weird like Elon Musk sponsored novel of the year or something like, you know what I mean? Uh, I guess the way to say it is there is probably authors out there that would. I'll okay. I'm the author. I am the author. I'll tell you right now. You could come up to me tomorrow, John, and be like, listen, I'm gonna give you a choice. Option a option. A your book sells. Okay. Not an like average, like 10,000 to 20,000 copies, like a mediocre selling. Um, but it will win a Nobel Prize for Literature, and then after that, you'll do okay. Or you don't win the Nobel Prize, and your mediocre-ass book will sell millions of copies because Reese Witherspoon and Oprah will say it's amazing. I'm fucking taking Reese and Oprah every day, right? J.K. Rowling, baby. She freaking, she's not going to win a Nobel Prize. She's the richest author there is. Dan Brown is not concerned with a Nobel, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just certain things. All right, everybody. A weed shirt like to win a Nobel Prize. <laughs> so why don't you go to whatever uh, podcatcher you're listening to us on and uh, make sure you give us a five-star rating. Hey, that's there a good idea. Go. Do you hear what I just said? I use something term yeah. i know i approved I, yeah. I thought you maybe saw me smiling way over here yeah. yeah no i don't look at you just i stare at my own camera the whole time that's fine <laughs> that's fine all right everybody that's been another week episode what 162 i think i said a couple times is that right no 163 i wrote it down remember i said i'd write it down when you uh, wrote it down i wrote it down 163 that's great that's great good teamwork thinking. Teamwork makes the streams work. All right. Thanks, Gaurav. Have a great week. Everybody, thanks for tuning in and listening. We appreciate it so much. All right, man. Incest rights are all rights. (laughs) Have a good week. See you later. Bye. Bye. (laughs) You love your buddies.
And then this would be the night where it all flips and the probabilities are so off the fucking charts of me possibly running over a child. But it's only one of 365 days a year where the statistics are likely that I could if I get on in a car. You know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so if you can avoid it, like stay out off the roads on Halloween night 